We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the True Faith Podcast. Alex Hurst, Simon Campbell, Norman, Rowdy and Michael Collin here to preview Newcastle United versus, or even Manchester United versus Newcastle United this Saturday, 5.30 kickoff. It's been a little while um, since we've had any proper football to watch, so I'm very excited, Si, um, for the you know for Premier League football to be back. It's a pity that we'll have to go to a ground where the home team have not conceded a league goal <laughs> so far this season, so we're going to talk about that and what constitutes success um, you know, Fonny Castle this weekend. We're going to get in all sorts of stuff. So we're going to jump straight in. Norman, we're, we are heading to Old Trafford without, most likely, Marino, Lascelles, and Atsu. You could argue Marino's were best midfielder. Lascelles is our best defender. And Atsu's our most creative um, winger and midfielder. Three massive absentees. How does the team cope uh, tactically and in terms of playing personnel? Um, how do they cope? Good question. The, the word cope's a... Good word to use here. It's, uh, it's going to be very tough. Um, Lascelles is a huge loss. He, I mean, the the injury that he was carrying last season, I think it. Uh, I mean, it obviously debilitated him because I think a few people when we when we came up thought that maybe Lascelles wasn't, you know, he wasn't the the defender that we perhaps thought he was based on his displays towards the end of the relegation season and the the operation and come back this season. He has he's been brilliant and not only has he been a brilliant brilliant defensively, his his leadership skills are just improving game on game. So. He's, he's going to be a huge loss there as well. Um, we're hoping it's only only the one one game that he's out for, um, but there hasn't really been much much news on the on the injury. It's his ankle, but hasn't I haven't read anything anything more than that. Um, so obviously, immediate instinct is bring back Kieran Clark, who had been playing really well until um, until he was. I mean, we have to say it, he was dropped, but he was he was rested because he came back from an international game. He just didn't get back in the side. And Lejeune has been has been pretty effective. Um, You'd think, oh, we'll go with Clark, but then you look at Clark and you think he was taken off after three goals, I think, the other night. Um, you know, he's had a... So I would say being the captain as well of Ireland, that's probably a really big psychological uh, blow to him, the way, the way that uh, Ireland got slaughtered the other night and all. Um, so you don't know what kind of frame of mind he's going to be. I mean, I know we see all the professionals that can focus on each game as it comes, but, I mean, you know, they're, they're human beings as well, and that would have been a, a big, a big sort of... Um, issue for him to deal with and it was only a couple of days ago I, th- I think um, the only positive to that not that I even watched the match but he, had, I think he went off on 60 minutes when it was 2-1 so great opportunity for him to say that would do with me lads <laughs> if, I, if you kept me on which would probably, probably not you know I'll say this not having watched a minute they were still losing so 
Alright, but you know, the psychological blur that Norman's talking about. I'm just I'm just searching for non existent positives so I'll get back to Norman. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I, th- I thought it was three one, but to be fair, I'd had about six pints before he got taken off, so we, we don't know, do we? You know, this is the man who, who mistook um as we all know, uh, Dwight Gale for Jose Perez, so it could be anything really. Um so in the other thing as well is obviously Clark, you know, we know what Rafa does when players go away on international duty, he does tend to not select them for the, the, the immediate match afterwards. Um, so you think, oh, well, there might be an argument for Mbemba coming in, but Mbemba played for the Congo on Saturday. He played in, um, he played in that defensive midfield position he plays for them. So uh, he's played as well. So you think, thinking, who's it going to be? Now, there is a part of me who would like to see Mbemba play purely because he's going to be up against Lukaku. And, um, you know, there's always the opportunity for him to, to maybe, um, I don't think Chancellor's this kind of person, but he could, in theory, be winding Romelu Lukaku up and he's, in, in Lingala, which is the both that first language, I think, um, and I, I, I kind of like the, I would like to see Mbemba up against Lukaku because I, I mean Lukaku is a bit of a bully, and I, and I think Mbemba would would give him a, a good game, but we'll see. Um, it's probably it's probably going to be Clark. Um, obviously the the other one, if you I mean if if you want to move on, would be would be Mourinho. You mentioned Mourinho, and again the the last two games without him. They've, They've been. They've really indicated how how good he is. Just how good of a player he is, and how much of a miss when when he's not playing. Um, and I think it'll. I would. I would think it'll be Hayden that comes in. Um, although, and again, this is because you know your your brain just works in funny ways. I I did have. A, I did think. I wonder if he would have. He would have a contemplated playing um, in Bemba in a kind of defensive midfield role as a kind of screen in the back four tomorrow. It's probably not going to happen, but it was just a. It was just a thought, and I was wondering what um, what you lads may, may think of that as a possible option, ever. Rafa said that. Rafa said that this week, uh, or maybe last week, when he was asked about Kovac oh, really? coming back in the team. Said, if necessary, we would use Mbemba at ten minutes. So, that is. There you go. I there you go. Maybe he's, maybe he's, and that's where he plays for the Congo, and, and you know, he is. I mean, obviously, the stand of the opposition. Can be questioned to play against Guinea on Saturday in the one-three-one, <laughs> but yeah, he does seem to have been pretty, um, pretty effective, and he's he's got a couple of goals for them as well. I think he's last five or six internationals, so you you, you don't know. I'd, I'd say if you're Isaac Hayden, after the season Isaac Hayden's had last season, being a young lad in the Premier League, if uh, Chancellor Ben was getting a game ahead of you in your position, <laughs> at Old Trafford in one of the biggest games of the season, you'd probably a bit be a bit put off by. It. Not that I'm sure Isaac would. Uh, you know, say that or, or you know he's a good lad and he would just get his head down and graft. But I, I think it'll be Hayden. The the possible trump card for me will go back to him again is is Diarme because he likes Diarme's physicality. One of the big reasons we miss Marino in midfield is because he's brilliant in the air and I think it's some some people have recognised it, but he, he doesn't lose a header. He's like a salmon, isn't he? Like you know his, his leaps absolutely brilliant. He is tall. He's about six foot six one. You've stood next to Norman. Uh, in Newcastle, yeah, he's, there, a giant, he's a giant. He's a giant. If stood next to me, I think he's about six eight or nine. Because <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just touch six foot. So, so, so maybe he might go for Diarmas' physical. Well, I say physicality, tallness in midfield. Mickey, you're not happy with that suggestion. No, because he's terrible at centimeters. <laughs> um, he, he is. He, he can't do it, and you, you just, you'll just get torn new on the way, away at Man United. Is like, that's that's not an option. Oh, I totally oh, but if Rafa chooses him, then, then, I, then I agree with Rafa, so it depends. I totally agree. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather... Diomi was terrible the other day in centre mid. He was, but, he was uh, against Bournemouth. I'd much rather see Mbemba playing in a, in a three-man midfield than Diomi anywhere near a three-man midfield, definitely. Dodds, what do you think about Diomi playing there? 
No, absolutely not for me. I'm a big Isaac Hayden fan. This is his kind of game. The the thing that concerned me against Bournemouth about Hayden was that, you know, I've said in the podcast uh, last time, but when when they were kind of having the run of our central midfield, he was nowhere to be seen. And I, I walked away from the game thinking, why was he so ineffectual? And then I heard that he was on a yellow card, which he's still on a yellow card. He gets one more yellow and he's he's suspended. Strange, he's not even played that many games. <laughs> um but maybe that was a little bit he'd been told by Rafa, listen, we need you at Old Trafford. Don't go out there and give away a silly Bugan. That's being kind because, you know, that you'd like to think that players don't necessarily alter their game that much. Um, certainly to you know, to to miss one game. But yeah, definitely definitely Hayden for me, uh, Norman. I think that's how it how it'll go. So on to Christy Natsu. Yeah, um I mean he he will, he will be a miss. Um even though in the the last couple of games he hasn't necessarily been at his creative fest. I mean, not none of the none of the team really have in general. Um, it's it's his endeavour and he's running and he does he he, he does graft. He does a lot of graft. And well, Trafford's obviously it, it's a it's a ground that we're going to need to every player to be working working as hard as I possibly can at. Um, so with him being out, I mean, he, he, I I ideally I would love to. Um, I would love to see Aaron's given a chance, but it's not going to happen, is it? We, I think we, we know that. Um, so you're probably looking at maybe Murphy coming in. Um, what I'm doing is I'm assuming that the formation that he's going to play is going to be the formation that we always play. So you're just looking at like for like, and it will be Murphy. Now, my initial thoughts were that Murphy coming in, given given his confidence at the moment or his lack of confidence, this could be a game that you think, oh, it could, it could just end up as an absolute nightmare for him. It could tear what little confidence he has left to shreds. But then I started thinking, well, hold on. The expectation is we're going to lose this game. That, yeah, I'm, I, that's that's my expectation. There's a, there's a lot of the optimistic part. We still clinging. You know what? We can get a little draw here. But I think nobody expects us to go to Old Trafford and, and get a win. So that that could possibly play into Murphy's hands. That yeah, he's not. He hasn't got this kind of weight of expectation on his shoulders. So there's an argument for bringing him in there. And then I just had a completely left field thought. Um, and if you laugh at us for this, fair enough. But I thought, um, could. Yedlin, could Yedlin play in the Atsu role and he could put Mankilo at right back and then Bemba at left back? Is that is that something that that could be a potential option? Because Yedlin is incredibly quick and you know he's defensive, he's defensive by nature, but he's a, he's a wing back really. So it was just a it was just a random thought. I thought I'd throw it. Uh, I'll feel that one first. No, no, I'll feel that one last. Because I'm going to give you an alternative to what I think you'll do. Because I think you'll actually not do what we're saying. So, Mick? Miss me, because I just got cut off for <laughs> okay. about half of Norman's comments. Well, Norman, it's, it's, a, it's a nice idea. Well, it's mental. <laughs> you'll not play Yedlin on the left Thank wing. You. <laughs> Did you, you say What's left that? wing? Yedlin on the left wing. No, 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 no. Yedlin on the right. Richie on the left. All right. So, so maybe, maybe. Would, would be Because in my match preview this week, I've said that we're going to... We're going to get overrun on the wings by Ashley Young and Valencia because they just know what they're doing. Playing then, as wing-backs, by the way. Yeah, yeah, playing as wing-backs. But I think that, that means that we're going to have so, uh, both Richie and whoever's on the other wing are going to have so much work to do that we'll end up playing as wing-backs. We're not going to see Richie getting forward much. We're not going to see whoever's on the other wing getting forward much. So really, it might not be beyond the realms of possibility that Yedlin takes up that other wing because there's going to be so much, so much work to do. It would have been so interesting to see whether we, I mean, ever match someone for a 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 because we've got the players we've got the normally we've got the centre-backs we've got the full-backs who could convert into wing-backs very well you know people talk about playing Shelby 
Marino and Hayden. Yeah. There you go, etc. But I think for this game, looking back at the Swansea game, lads, he brought in Murphy for his only start. And because Murphy played, he dropped Mankio and played Gamers. And that and Gamers mm. basically didn't cross the halfway line. So that was probably him reacting to Murphy's inexper- sorry, exper- inexperience um, to play the kind of more maybe more solid defensive player. And I think Gamers did really well that game. Actually, I'm surprised he hasn't started since. Um, so yeah, that's probably just to, to counter what you were saying. Will he go that way, Norman? I think he'll he'll pro- he might go with Gamers. Mankio's got a little bit more experience, but Sai, you've called it for me. One of the most fascinating things about this game will be how we come up against a genuine three five two. I think we all thought Liverpool were going to play three five two, and they didn't. Liverpool for our game reverted back with four four two. Yeah. Um, and I think they have done since. To be honest with you, um, Mickey, you were wanting to come in there. I was just going to say, I don't think we've got the players to play wing-back. It's a really, really hard role, and I don't think we've got anyone that can do it. Fair enough. So, I mean, Norman, last word for you on this this little section. Tactically, how do you see this battle going? You know, Sai's very concerned about the, the their wing-backs pushing back our wingers, and all our attack and play comes through our wingers. Um, you know, presu- I, I presumably they'll have a plan to count I, that. I think... So I think the, uh, the the pressure's just going to be like full on from the first minute because they've lost um, they've lost two of the last three league games, right? Is that right? They've lost. They lost to two. Chelsea. They beat Spurs, but they lost the week before. Huddersfield. Last, they? Huddersfield they lost, the lost two. Huddersfield. Yeah. Um. They they they're just going to be on the front foot like immediately, and I think um, it's it's going to be a really really hard game. Um. I think the the most important thing is, and it's so cliched, but it's so true. Just don't concede in the sort of first ten, fifteen minutes, and then and then let let it let it let it settle a bit, and hopefully they they'll start to get a bit frustrated. I by them by the I mean the crowd. Um, Tactically, it's so hard to read with with the injuries and with the fact that you know we played that that same formation all season. Um, it, it is going to be difficult to read, and I think. I, but I hope he plays Mkhitaryan as, as opposed to Mata because I, I could just see Mata doing more damage against us. Um, and Mkhitaryan hasn't been too clever for the last few matches. Um, the other one is 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 Lukaku as well. Lukaku's been slightly off the boil, but um, you just hope that he doesn't get a chance in the first like five to five to ten minutes. I think we're going to be soaking up a lot of pressure. And in terms of possession, even though Marino teams aren't set up to be hugely attacking, the reality is that they're, they're powerful. And they're really clinical, and they have battered teams four 0 I, I don't envisage just conceding four goals, but what I want power to do is to go there and make a real game of it. And if we concede in the first ten to fifteen minutes, I don't think it's going to be a game. Unfortunately, it'll it'll just be a not necessarily a damage limitation, but we're not particularly effective going forward at the minute. And I think if we concede in the first ten to fifteen minutes, then it's it's going to be tough to tough to get back into it. I mean, if there is a team. To not concede in the first 10 15, it does. Only one first half yeah. goal conceded this season in 11, 12 games, whatever it is. Sai, we're talking about Norman's alluding to there the fact that this is such a difficult game that expectations are low. What constitutes a good game for you? Is it as, is it, is it as simple as a one goal defeat again is seen as a positive this time? Is, yeah. it, is it respectability? Is it taking some kind of performance into Watford, which will become a massive game considering we've got Chelsea on the horizon, West Brom way on the horizon? Arsenal in the horizon, you know we're we're at the start of this nightmare run. People called at the start of the season when they looked at the fixtures, 
we haven't picked up points in games where we maybe could, but we definitely could have picked up points in all our defeats. Um, should have possibly picked up three points in a couple of them. What constitutes a good game for Newcastle United this weekend, Si? Well, absolutely nil-nil would be a brilliant result. That's almost what, 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 what we're playing for. It's what so what's a, if that's a brilliant for. result, what's a good result? A good result. I think you just, you just call it. So if we play for a nil-nil and we get to 70 minutes at nil-nil, yeah. And let's say let's say the the way we're down and they get a goal in eighty five minutes and you think oh well you know we've worked really hard but it was coming because it's Man U, and that it's it's you know they're almost like the Man U of old they're, they're looking pretty pretty comprehensively, they're going to be up there this season then yeah, I would take that as a as a positive result in terms of if we've managed to keep them out for eighty five minutes we've worked hard, that that will inevitably mean we've had we've had a really hard work and solid performance again, against, the best team in the league or a joint best team in the league at the minute. So of course, of course, a, a narrow defeat to these. I mean, to be fair, not losing by three or more goals is still a good result here. So anything better than that is <laughs> is is something to take into the into the next game. But you just, I, I'm gonna get carried away here. But we've had we've had an international break, and we're always min after international <laughs> breaks. It's Rafa against Jose. It, I think it's going to be more than that. I, I don't think it's just going to be a boring nil nil. We weren't we min against against Palace. Like we won the game. <laughs> No, it was uh, it was Southampton. Southampton. Sorry, Southampton. Sorry, Southampton. 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 That was yeah. one of our best. Well, no one, no one wants ones. to come in on that. Um, plus, uh, have we lost three consecutive games on a Rafa? Don't think. I don't think we have. Um, yeah. Even yeah, you even could, when he first took over, we had the draw against uh, you, the Mackhams, didn't we? You could. Yeah, all, we haven't scored for two games as well, and they haven't conceded home. Right, so let's just bring fate into it. Right, fate suggests that we're gonna score because they haven't conceded, and we're not gonna lose because Rafa doesn't lose three games each. So they got ones each. One each, they got called it. Technically, if you call it, it depends what how you see the whole cup game. So we lost to Blackburn, went out. That wasn't lost. Your penalties didn't count, me. I agree. Pens and then pens never count. And then there was also three days later was the there was the defeat at Forest, which was in fact a win because of what happened with yeah. the ref and that. So technically, yeah. that was a draw. It's a moral win. victory. <laughs> so that was only one defeat, really. So. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you, do you take on board what Norman said? Do you share his optimism? Well. Yeah. I don't know if you've uh, seen me preview, obviously, but it's it's one one on there. But that's because I'm always like. I'll I'll correct you. It's two two. Is it? Yeah, you put a two <laughs> a two two prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I I've just I've got this sneaky feeling that for some reason it'll just be it'll be quite a fiery game because it's Jose and Rafa. I think there might be a bit of a bit of tensions raised, and when that happens, games open up, and you know if 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 we come up against a team that 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 are open, we 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 can do something, and we don't we respond well. To, to a bit of like a bit of um what's the word like pressure not pressure like like fire when when something happens when there's when there's something to kick off about adversity adversity yes in the face of adversity <laughs> cheers Norman um but no I, I just I can so see something university's no one already there okay I, <laughs> I can see something <laughs> I can see something sparking off like a just a, a really good game here I, I I agree with you a little bit. I've just got this massive feeling that either Shelby's going to score from the halfway line with one of his shots, yeah. or direct from a corner. Yeah, like it's just it's just that type of game. It's five thirty on the telly. We haven't had. Yeah, thing... Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm I I don't bet Newcastle ever. I'll put a bet on for you then. Right. I'll put, I'll put a bet on for you. You put a bet on for you, <laughs> and uh-huh. we'll, we'll both be going nuts when it happens, <laughs> uh, and not yeah. thinking about the money. But um, I I know I know what you're saying, Mickey. Do you do you share the lads' kind of optimism that optimism that something quirky or unnatural is going to happen, or do you think it'll be a routine football match? We'll break out. Always do. Otherwise, I wouldn't I wouldn't love it the way I do. Um, <laughs> if when you look at it on paper, um, 
it's going to be low scoring and boring and, and probably quite shit. But it's never it's never really been like that with Newcastle against Man United um, over the years. I can't remember any boring games we've ever had with them. Even when we've got beat, we've got battered. We've had the four three where Duncan Ferguson scores and six, losing six two at home, beating them five nil, winning three nil. There's always like it's always a good game with Man United. So what, what's that game? I think it'll be. Um, when did Duncan Ferguson score on a four three? <laughs> Was it, it, yeah. was the, um, it was the 3-0. 3-0, I, I see. Yeah, I remember. 3-0, I. Um, so, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Dodds. I've got a weird feeling that... And it's on the telly late on. It'll be it'll be dark because it's getting into winter. Half five. I, I think something I think something good going to happen. I think we're going to win. Fucking hell. We're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this is why like people who don't like this podcast don't like it. <laughs> don't think it's realistic. You're too positive. Um, but also, uh, we also had uh, for the first time this week, we're having our weekly YouTube video out. Um, Mickey and Simon, who are here today, kindly did it this week. Um, we call it the True Faith Podcast on YouTube. Uh, and uh, this week, the topic was Rafa's defensive system, how he plays it, why he plays it, if it's the right thing to do. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, please do and subscribe to uh, the True Faith YouTube channel. The more people watch, the more people subscribe, the more videos we'll do. Um, you know, there's going to be a specific topic next week. I'll put a poll on Twitter about what the lads are going to talk about. Um, that's an aside, but also leads us into Mickey on that YouTube video, which everyone's going to go and watch. You said that you absolutely love great defending. You're a defender yourself. How much defending do you think we're going to have to do against this? I think side put in his match preview six hundred and forty million pound accumulated size. I don't just mean lots in terms of how you saw us defend against Liverpool, Tottenham were actually played on what you think quite a high line and do you think it's this do you think because you're the defensive expert here what kind of defending do you think we're going to get from the team do you think we're going to be playing offside traps or we're going to be pushing up or we're going to be compact or we're going to let them have the ball down the flanks how do you see it going from a defensive point of view i wouldn't i wouldn't call myself a defensive expert first of all let's just get that get that out of the way um i think we're going to see man united have a, a massive amount of the ball in inoffensive areas, I think they'll have it have it a lot around the back, a lot in the middle of the park in the centre circle. But I I would be surprised if we let them if we let them attack our flanks. Um, I, I surprised and disappointed. I think that I think that'll be something Rafa's targeting in his in his in his pre match preparations to to not allow. I think if we let them if we let them get at our fullbacks one on one, we're putting ourselves in a dangerous spot because the Kaku in the box is is a nightmare. Um. So we, we we can't be letting them get the ball, delivered in the box, and I think that'll be something um, something that we're really 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 focused on and getting the wingers in and supporting the fullbacks um, every time they've got the ball. So I think we'll play, I think we'll play quite deep, um, quite deep, and, and, and probably a, a fairly counter attacking performance if if we get much attacking at all um, to just nullify Man United. And I think. I think when you look at you look at the way Man United play, particularly at the moment without Pogba in the um, in the team, the ball the have always got a lot of the ball and they the don't actually look all that threatening that often. Um, and I think Rafa will have pinpointed that, and I think he'll be quite comfortable with them um, having the ball as long as we don't allow it into really threatening areas. So I think we could see a we could see a sixty five percent possession stat for Man United, but but not have them creating that many more chances than us. Um, yes, I? I'm going to go with more like 85% possession. 
we're not going to have the ball much. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean a great deal with the way Rafa plays, but sixty five is generous, generous to us. I don't know, Sai. Like, well, sorry, mate. Sixty five percent possession is 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 dominance. It's big because if you think it's sixty five to thirty five, isn't it? So it means they've got the ball twice as much as us. Almost. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, against Liverpool and against Spurs, and that's that's my template for the this game. And you know, I'm going to come on to why it's a different game with those in a bit. But well, we're kind of comfortable in possession, if that makes sense. Both Liverpool and Spurs, to an extent, didn't really fancy pressing us. Make that of what you will, but you know, Liverpool with this famous pressing team, I think Liverpool maybe did it a bit more than Spurs. But you know, the the centre backs were comfortable in possession of the ball. Liverpool really pressed our full backs. But not the but not the, the two now. Obviously, they're the away team. We might see it different here. So I'll be really interested to see how much Mourinho goes for it. You know, we've alluded to the fact they've lost two of the last three. This did they score four in their first four three home games? They beat West Ham four 0 Yeah. They beat someone else four 0 and then someone else four 0 Great. Uh, Swansea they beat four 0 didn't they? Away, I think Sw- that Swansea was, was two. Yeah. Right, two, two, uh, no, not oh, fucking hell. We're just going to list off Premier League teams here. Right, Leicester. Leicester won. Oh, yeah. Leicester four 0 <laughs> Um, so anyway, that was the start of the season. I think I think a lot of my new fans are putting that down to Pogba's absence um, in terms of how they've kind of dropped off a little bit in terms of intensity at home games. But, uh, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to see someone have a good old-fashioned like go against her and then us have the ability to play on the counter-attack because that's what we're good at. That's what we're good at at home. And that'll be the plan this weekend, Mickey. And when you're playing the counter-attack, you need a big... No, not big. You need a little pacey striker, in my opinion, to uh, <laughs> yeah. to to capitalise on that. Big little, big little pacey striker. <laughs> um, who do you start up front, uh, up front, Mickey, and why? I well, I I take your point, and I, and I think you're right. But if I was setting up, if I was setting up a team in the style that Rafa sets up the team, I would start with Josalou and absorb pressure um, for the first say fifty-five minutes. Um, and get Josley to just work his arse off, let them tie themselves out a bit by having a lot of the ball, and then bring <laughs> Gale on for a significant chunk of the second half. Surely and we're just, going to be tired. <laughs> if they've got the, if they've got the ball, surely we'll be the team getting tired out. <laughs> Not the, no, but the, the they, ball. Will, they will. They will be as well. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But the, the defenders. We, we'll be the defenders absolute. have got a serious amount of the ball, which I expect is going to happen for the first period of the match. They're going to be more tired than usual. Um, and and the I last thing they're going to want at that point, if they if they haven't been able to break us down, is is a lightning striker coming off the bench, fresh. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's the way I would, I would approach it. Norman, one of my biggest concerns with these lot is, regardless of our of like what we what we do on on Saturday, and regardless of me, you know, I may completely misplaced optimism. It's always misplaced because I think I've lost every bet I've put on this season, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, the concern I've got is that even if they, let's say, tear, let's say the psychologically tear as well goes, if they haven't scored up to 35, 60 minutes and Marino starts spitting his dummy, which, he's, which he is wanting to do, um, they do have the options that they've got on the bench are, are pretty frightening. Um, being able to bring on Mata and Martial at Neil to try and change the game is, it's it's some option, it's some option. Um, so, I think we've mentioned a couple of results predictions. Nil-nil would just be, I mean, it would, from, it's not even a good result. It would just be a spectacular result to get a nil-nil, Joe. It's going to be a tough game, and I do think that 
I do think, even though Marino, as, as I've said before, and as we, we've alluded to, he doesn't go all out. I think on Saturday, due to the fact they lost against Chelsea, it, that, that's that's going to be the case. Um, so it's it's going to be a tough. It's just going to be a tough ninety minutes. Yeah, Mickey, I, I agree with what you were saying before about that impact from the bench, which may be crucial. But I also get the feeling that if we're going to try and get anything from the game and if we're going to score, it's going to be Dwight Gale getting in behind the defence. Obviously, Mickey, the next question, whenever, it's almost like a dual prong question, is who do you play up front and who do you play up 10? Well, it, the, the, who you play at 10 probably depends on who you play up front. Um, we, we did talk about this in the in the video the other day, which you should watch if you haven't watched it. Um, I I still got a bit of faith in Perez, and I think particularly in this kind of game where we're going to be defending a lot, I think Perez is useful and he, he does a lot defensively in that role. So I, I would start Perez. Most that, another point about that is I I I think a lot more so than the rest of you have very little faith in Diarme. So I I, I don't I, I really wouldn't want to see Diarme starting at number ten. At Old Trafford, I think you would struggle. Um, yeah. So for me, it's Perez. I actually agree. I don't. I don't think Tiame is a Premier League footballer. I think he's he's got his uses, and I think at home to to lesser teams, he he would support Gale <laughs> much better. But I don't want Tiame at number ten against Man U away. Um, I reckon. I reckon Perez, as as Mickey says, and then after if you, if you talk about making a change at fifty five minutes, that might be where you put Gale in for Perez, but. It's Rafa, if it's nil-nil at 55 minutes, you're more likely to say bring on another defender. He, he, or, yeah, you're more likely doesn't change the yeah. team at 55 yeah. minutes. Or put, or put some Bemba in a defensive midfielder or something. like. He's not going to be making attack and substitutes at nil-nil at any you're, point to try and win the game. You're more likely to see the, the, the striker change about 80 minutes on you. Yeah. Mick? Yeah. I actually think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shell-shocked to see Shelby playing in a more advanced role and then see something like Mbemba and um, what's his name? Hayden. Hayden. I forgot his name. Hayden. <laughs> I'd like, I'd, I'd, there's part of me would like to see that. That's a really good uh, that's a really good screen for the for the back four. Hayden and Mbemba could, uh, like you see with Shelby advanced, could, it could work. I did not see this podcast going down this uh, <laughs> chancel for DM uh, but you know if it happens if it happens we'll uh, I'll bag it. Um, just try, I mean, it's, it's interesting that he um, he played Norman because he's, he's injured. He said, they said he was injured um, for the Burnley game. He, he hasn't been involved in the squad for a little while. So what his fitness is like, I'm not sure. If Mbemba plays defensive midfielder, I'll start to believe that Rafa's your dad, Norman. <laughs> well, he doesn't even know it yet. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to talk about the context. I like having context of things. It means you can talk more and do podcasts. But, <laughs> like, Man United away, um, you know, it's one game. One game of 38, 38-game season. But the fact is, against the top six, you've got, you got six games at home, six games away, 12 games, 36 points up for grabs. The majority of teams will take less than three points from those 36 games, particularly in the bottom eight of the Premier League. Huddersfield have already taken three. Great for them. But against against the two Manchester clubs particularly, you're gonna you you're looking at zero points yep. home and away. The the vast majority of teams will take that. So, I'm really interested to see how our season goes in these twelve games. Now we had Spurs and we had Liverpool both at home, and we could have won both games. I know I'm I'm pushing it and I'm stretching it. We could have won. We didn't deserve to win either game, 
were probably deserved points uh, from a strictly Newcastle bias perspective about the defensive performance, the the work rate, the tactical endeavour by the manager and the team and the subs. And you could say we're, we're worthy of a point at home. So if that's the standard that we should take points at home or could take points at home against the top six, you're looking at three or four points if you're lucky. Away from home, what I really want to say is how effective we are on the counter-attack, how much we threaten the opposition goal and how much they threaten our goal because this game ahead of Arsenal away and Chelsea away, now I know Arsenal and Chelsea, and Chelsea's beat my new, but Arsenal and Chelsea are not to the level of a Spurs, maybe even a Liverpool and uh, a Man City, but I'm just really interested to see how this game goes in the context of the, the broader season because if we are going to stay in the Premier League comfortably, which I still think we will, provided there is some investment in January, even if the club isn't sold. Um, the, these games shouldn't just be an automatic battering. You know when West Ham went to Old Trafford, it was a battering that was almost like kind of shrugged off. It was like, oh, you know, they've spent 640 million quid. When Leicester went there and got done 4-0, it was, we had a couple of chances, we didn't play well, we're letting some soft goals, we'll move on to the next one. I don't think Rafa's like that. I don't think he's move on no. to the next one. I don't think he's freebie. I don't think he's going to be... You know, travelling back on the coach on Saturday night, um, you know, looking ahead at Watford if we we'll get done three four nil or even two nil, um. So that's just just the context of the game. It's a big game in our season for that reason. I say every game's a big game, but here we are in the Premier League, and they are they are all big games compared to the second division. So, I'm just very very fascinated to see how the game goes um, on that point because what we see on Saturday is likely what we'll see at Chelsea at the start of December, likely what we'll see at Arsenal on the twentieth of December, whenever it is the eighteenth or something like that. So. You know, three three big away games, big 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 away games in five weeks. There, out of the mix, West Ham, out of the mix, um, West Brom, on top of your Everton, um, your Watford Leicester. and your Leicester. You know, we we want to be going into January on twenty points. Now we're not a million miles away, are we? We're fourteen points. We go into January on January the first, January the third, or was on twenty twenty five points. You're not you're not in the relegation zone. You're not in the relegation zone on 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 that number of points. So who are you who are you aiming to beat in that run of fixtures? And you know we can look at we've we talked about you know the tight games with Bournemouth and Huddersfield and um all those teams. We've done that already in the podcast. We've talked about it in previous episodes. What we haven't had the chance to talk about is these games away from home against the top six. And we've got three coming up in the next month. So Saturday is a massive game to me to see how the the players, the team, the manager, the fans react to whatever happens because what we do not need right now is a football club is a meltdown if we get done 4-0 yeah. me, me normally go into the game people listen to this go into the game most people will be watching it everyone will have an interest in it if we get beat 4-0 on on Saturday which I don't think we will it's not going to be the time for a major we're shit he's shit they're shit we're useless Rafa shit we're getting relegated what it is what it is time to do is, 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 is redouble our efforts to get behind the team but Again, it's up to the team, it's up to the manager, of the players to set the the narrative. Not from the results, because we've talked about, you know, you said nil-nil is a fantastic result, an unbelievable result. Well, that means by definition one or two nil isn't a bad result. Yeah. I don't want to call it a good result. So, yeah, that's just my take on, on a big game this Saturday, and it's going to be really interesting for reasons for reasons like you lads have looked into. And, um, you know, uh, I'll fear if it's, if it's a, if there's the golf in class is such... That we walked away from that game, we walked out of Old Trafford thinking, "Thank fuck that's over," then we might have a problem against Liverpool and against Spurs. We didn't feel like that. We didn't feel like that at all. In fact, we came out of those games empowered, and and you know everyone was buzzing. You know the Spurs game, we were a bit down afterwards, but everyone was able. Look at Spurs now. Spurs are fucking class. 
they're probably the only away game this season apart from Man United where Spurs haven't looked a million dollars is against us so we'll see what happens at, at 7 o'clock uh, on Saturday night Norman just there when you said a golfing class and the, the reality is in terms of playing personnel there is there is a golfing class I mean you know you look at the value of their players and, and who they are compared to ours and, and it's on paper massive but where there isn't a golfing class is between Mourinho and Benitez there's like that, that's a level playing, level playing field there and um, I just think that Rafa this is one of those games that he would have just marked down as soon as the fixtures came out is it one that he's going to prepare for like you know I mean he's meticulous regardless but this will this will be like extra meticulous and I, I think we'll see this it. I, what's that Rafa will be relishing this that's exactly that that's exactly it I don't, there's no way we, I, there's no way we're going to go there and, and be embarrassed regardless of the golfing class and players I think it will be it'll be it'll be a tight game now tight 1-0 2-0 but it won't be a 1-0 or 2-0 Slaughtering, you know what I mean? It's not going to be like they're going to have like 15, 20 shots and we're not going to get out of our half. I don't think that'll happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, there is there is a reason to be positive and the reason to be positive is because we've got um, a world-class manager who will have us set up on Saturday to, to just give everything. OK, I think that's just about it for this show. Unless you, Lance, want to make any other points about the weekend. No, Norman's just summed it up perfectly. I think he has. Yeah. Well, lads, thank you very much for your time. Thanks to everybody who's listening. As I said earlier on, please give the uh, the YouTube video a listen and let us know what you'd like us to talk about next week. Always be the same thing each week, a 10-minute, like a, just a basically 10-minute chat about footy in the middle of the week, Wednesdays, hopefully. And, um, you know, we'll be back with the, probably Sunday, uh, I got, you know, drive, I've got to drive back from Manchester, but probably Sunday we'll have the, the post-match podcast out and um, do the usual stuff, give a follow on Twitter, at TF Weekly Pod. Um, and, you know, if you like the show, please share it and give a review on iTunes. So, Norman, Mickey, Sai, it's been a pleasure. And uh, we will speak to you, good people, after hopefully a positive performance in Manchester. Three points. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.